You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast dedicated to helping you separate fact from fiction in fitness. Stop struggling and learn what really works to get the body you want and keep it. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. This is podcast episode number 252. In this episode, should you always train to failure? The why, when, and how. Where to find the help and support you need to make your goals a reality. And why low-carb diets just don't work. So as usual, I have 20 million things going on at the same time. So I'm going to try to really clamp down and focus on getting the new workouts done for the Quick Fit Club. It is up and ready as far as doing certain programs like one day, 14 day programs, things like that. But there's a regular ongoing program that I want to introduce. And that's something that's going to be four weeks at a time. And it will be important for everybody to start on the same week because the first week, or actually the first couple of workouts, we're going to go through how to do the right form for each exercise and break it down so that you really understand what you should be feeling. Then we can progress on to the actual workouts, and then we'll be taking those workouts a couple of levels higher as far as the intensity goes by doing intervals, and then our last week will be these super intense intervals, which you should be ready for by then, but will also help you break through and boost the metabolism exactly how you want it. So at the end of the four weeks... We'll actually have a recovery stage, which will be some classes of stretching, yoga, things like that, that you need so that your body can recuperate. And in that respect, it can begin to change. And of course, we're also going to include nutrition at the beginning of the plan because you have to eat not only to lose weight, but also to support your muscle growth. And of course, muscle being the metabolism, it is very important that we do feed these muscles because if we don't, we're just kind of running around in that same yo-yo cycle that you never actually get out of. So that's why we want to break that cycle and get that muscle up, get the metabolism going all the time, and just make life a lot easier for you. So we're testing some of those workouts just to make sure that they're going to make sense and kind of flow the way I want them to. And then I think we should probably be ready to get it started maybe in the next week or two. Um, Unfortunately, I tend to get like 20 million things going at once. I know I just said that, but... um, I don't know why I keep getting distracted that something's ready to go and then I just kind of move on. So I've got to try to keep myself focused and kind of make it the mid-year or mid to late year uh, refocus plan as far as getting things on track with everything that I used to do online and that I want to do online. One thing that I was able to get done and kind of ready to move on is uh, the different designs of the shirts that I've been working on for the last year. And we've had some really great response here at my local gym. And yes, our gym is open again. It's kind of sparse, but whatever. Um, People are starting to get back into it slowly. Uh, But of course, got to wear your mask. A lot of people don't while they're working out, but it just seems like you should uh, for many reasons. But get into that another day. Anyways, uh, the shirts are now on a couple of different platforms. You can actually find them on uh, Amazon. You can find them on eBay. Of course, the cheapest price is going to be at the Fitness Makeover store. Uh, There's also a few of them on TeePublic. So check them out. There's a bunch of different designs. Not all designs are on every single platform either. But, you know, let me know what you think. And um, I'm probably going to be doing a giveaway with those pretty soon, just because I think that's a fun way to get some more interest in it and you know maybe get you to check things out look at them and respond to me as far as which designs you like the most 
and a bunch of other motivational things I have that I can do giveaways with or for, I guess. Um, we used to actually uh, sell some of them at the, my daughter's volleyball games. So they're kind of fun motivational uh, necklaces and charms and bracelets and things like that. But uh, they're not really doing that anymore, or at least right now for a while, just because of the whole COVID thing. And speaking of that, if you didn't already, go take that COVID um, survey. It's on the front page of the fitgirlpodcast.com. And that way, you know, I kind of want to get a general idea of what everybody's doing. If you're sticking to a program, if you're just lost, if you're uh, waiting for the gym to open up again, if you've given up, uh, wh what your status is right now with all of this going on. Interestingly enough, in past surveys, it came out that pretty much half and half of everyone worked out at home or the gym. So um, I'm curious to see how that ratio works out nowadays. Um, I know it's sometimes hard for people to work out at home, and that's why uh, the whole Quick Fit Club is about having shorter workouts, making it quick, and making them optimized for getting yourself in shape and fit faster. And yes, there are some exercises better than others. If you listen to the past podcasts, you, you know that. Um, so that's what it's all about, kind of sparing time. And I know it's hard to get that time that's uninterrupted at home, especially if you have kids or dogs or both. So to give you a little bit of a sneak preview, the Quick Fit Club workouts are basically combinations. And there's four combinations for each workout. So you have quite likely the time to get through at least one, maybe two of the combinations because they actually are only two minutes long as far as how everything is spaced out. Now, not the first one or two workouts because you're learning the exercises, but the majority of them are that fast with the entire workout being about 20 to 25 minutes depending on some of the intervals. But since they are timed, it doesn't matter how many you do. It's going to be focusing on how well you can execute each exercise and how well you can feel each muscle working. So if you like to go through exercises mindlessly, this is not for you because you are going to need to really focus to get the most out of it. But like anything else, the more you focus, the more you get out of it, the less you have to do. And that's all a good thing. And yes, I forgot to say, if you didn't get the notice about the shirts that are now available on Amazon, eBay, and all that, uh, then make sure you like the Fit Girl USA page on Facebook, because that's usually where things post first. All of my social media isn't completely synced, um, but it usually does start right there at that Facebook page and then offshoots to everything else. So if you're looking for that, it's facebook.com forward slash fitgirlusa. And one last thing, if you're not on my email list already, go ahead and get on there because I can send you first notice of all these things coming up and you can let me know when you started listening to the podcast, if you joined up with me back in 2007-ish um, or if you're a new listener and if you've listened to all of the podcast episodes or not. And just because some of the podcast episodes are a bit older doesn't mean that the information is not still valid. There's a lot of really good points in a lot of the older episodes too. So I'm just curious as to where everybody stands and um, you know if you've gone back and listened to old ones repeatedly or did I mean to say multiple times? I don't know whichever makes more sense and just kind of your usage of the whole podcast in general. In training we're going to talk about if you should always train to failure. Now, there's a difference between momentary muscular failure to complete exhaustion, um, to 
completely failing and almost passing out or throwing up. I mean, these are different extremes, of course. And you should always fatigue your muscle, but does it have to be to failure? And if it does, why is that important? Well, yes, there's certain times when you want to have that complete muscle failure, and there's certain programs and certain conditioning protocols that will dictate whether you have um, extreme failure or you keep reducing the weight until you keep pushing that failure on, on and on, um, or if you just stop when you feel like you can't do the proper form anymore. Now, those were probably a little bit of a trick question because you really should always stop when you don't have the proper form because that's when you're going to be getting closer to possibly injuring yourself in some way. But the reason why you're supposed to train to failure and usually in my book it means just muscular fatigue, you know, to the point where you just can't do another rep using the right muscle groups. Well, you want to do that so that you can tax your whole entire system, your your neuromuscular system, of course your your muscles themselves and all of the different motor units that work to make your muscles move. Now, there's always going to be mixed opinions on everything, especially when it comes to fitness. And yes, obviously, there's going to be a big old mixture on training to failure, too. I mean, some people are going to say, yes, absolutely, you have to do it or you won't progress. And others will say, no, it's not really necessary. And like I said, I'm kind of in the middle. Some programs where you're working more towards endurance, like maybe it's a 10 repetition type program, you're going to work to you feel that muscle fatigue and can't do the proper form. But if you're doing something more of a power program where you're really looking for strength and shooting for those lower reps, um, you're probably going to push a little past your regular failure point and maybe cheat a little bit on the last one. But your goal being strength, then you know that's how you get there. You have to cheat a little bit, just not all the time. So when it comes down to training to failure, the why is activating the greatest number of motor units, you know, getting the most bang for your buck out of the exercise by pushing your muscle as much as you can. Now, the when sounds like it would be an easy thing to figure out, well, at the end of your training. But the problem is that if you're always training to failure, you're going to very easily have overuse injuries, um, overtraining, and you can actually decrease your growth-promoting hormone, your IGF-1. And of course, anything that's going to suppress your metabolism or anything else working in your body to make you better is not a good thing. I mean, the whole point is to challenge but not overstress to the point where your body is stressed and then it's going to catabolize instead of actually grow. It's going to kind of eat up its own muscle instead of actually allowing its muscle to grow like it's supposed to. And that can also happen when we have extreme periods of stress, when that cortisol gets released. And that's not a good thing. You know, that's basically going to take your training backwards. So we want to be very cautious of when we use training to failure. And again, that extreme between, yes, I'm fatigued, I better stop now, versus, you know, just that whole body can't even budge the weight. So you would use it in your cycles, just like any of the other cycles that you create for your programs. You're not going to train to failure every single workout. You're not going to train to failure every single cycle either. And there may be just one exercise in particular that you do during a cycle that you might train to failure. And that would be whichever one you're going for the most strength with. So that way you can basically target 
your muscles in a roundabout way and maybe only overstress one rather than the whole system because you got to keep in mind how everything works together. When you're training your chest, your shoulders, your triceps, you're getting hit, sometimes your biceps even. When you're training your back, you're getting the shoulders, you're getting the biceps. You know, there's a lot of muscles that are working together and if you keep going to failure, sometimes they're all not going to coordinate and work together nicely like you want them to. And something that I think a lot of people forget is that your rotator cuff system is working pretty much in every exercise you do. And that's usually one of the first things that gets compromised. And when that gets injured, you're in a lot of pain and you're restricted. There's a lot of things you cannot do. You might think, well, I'll just do lower body. Well, you realize that you can't because you can't even hold on to anything. So like with all of your training, your goal is to work out smarter, not necessarily harder. So how would you do that when it comes to training to failure? Well, like I said, you can take one exercise in your cycle and do that to failure. You can alternate sets of, of, ex of exercises. If you're doing supersets, you can have, you know, this exercise is not going to failure this time. This exercise is. And then the next week you can flip flop, flop, flip flop it. Um, you should vary it. And it can be varied also with changing between modes. For example, you can start out with dumbbells and then jump to the resistance bands and use that as your failure, training to failure technique. So you're not necessarily straining the muscles the same way or maybe even through the same range of motion, but you're still getting that total failure. Now, of course, it's always crucial to stop when your technique is being compromised. I mean, you, you have to. Otherwise, it's just a slew of injuries. And I hate to say how many times I've seen people go for that one extra rep that you know they really shouldn't have because their form was already starting to break down. And boom, injury. Um, of course, it's not going to be one of my clients because I wouldn't let them do that. But I see it a lot in the gym, people trying to prove stuff to themselves. And you know, it's, it's okay if you don't get as many repetitions or lift as much weight. Your body's going to be different each day. You just have to take it and challenge it for that moment. It doesn't have to be better than last week or better than Bob or Joe or whoever. You know, it's always a challenge with yourself, not someone else, and even not yourself the week before. One thing I always find interesting, and, and let me know if you've actually done this, um, is people who haven't worked out in 10 years, and they come in and they say, oh, I can bench 200. And it's like, well, you haven't benched it in 10 years. What makes you think you can do it right now? You know, you have to ease into it. You can't just start where you left off. So if you have that kind of mentality, well, let me know why you think that way. Um, because like anything, you need to ease into it and train your body accordingly so that you don't go too soon, too fast, and again, injure yourself. Because once you're injured, you're not going to be making progress at all. Now, one last comment on training to failure. For some populations, it's not important at all. The most important thing is basically keeping the body stable, getting it stronger, but not necessarily training to failure. A lot of my older clients, being older than the age of 80, don't train to failure. You know, they work the muscle. They don't even train to momentary muscular fatigue. You know, they work on just feeling that muscle activate through the range of motion that it's supposed to. That way they can use it in regular life and work on keeping their stabilization with their core and if they're doing that standing, you know, all of these different things that come into play can be much more important than just how much weight you push or if you train to failure. So keep in mind, it's not always wrong to not train to failure. 
And it's not always the best thing to train to failure. Like everything else in your workouts, you have to space it out, cycle it out, make a plan. And of course, shameless plug, if you can't make a plan, don't want to make a plan, don't know how to make a plan, check out the fitnessmakeover.com store and get in touch with me. We'll get you set up on a plan. It would certainly be great if all we needed was motivation to reach our goals. But the fact is, if you haven't already reached a certain goal, you probably don't know how to get there, don't have the right sources of information, and possibly don't have the right people supporting you to help you along the way. Sure, when it comes to fitness, there's a lot of things that we can figure out on our own. There's a lot of things that we can learn about, and there's a lot of things that only you can do to help yourself. But sometimes you need that extra help and support. Now, I'm assuming that you already have your specific goal figured out and it's achievable. And maybe you've already made some stepping stones to get there. But you might be stuck in a certain spot and you need to think about, okay, who, meaning people, groups, organizations, who can actually help me achieve this goal? And if it's staying consistent with fitness, for a lot of people, it might be finding a buddy to work out with or even just to be accountable to or a class where other people are going regularly and you become part of that little group or club or whatever where you know people miss you when you're not there. Um, again, it's that accountability factor. Sometimes you can even get the support you need from a podcast like this where you might have some ideas or insights of ways to support yourself a little more than you have in the past. It can be even as simple as an app or some forum or even just paper and pencil and looking at what you're doing from a different angle, from a different light, or giving somebody that information so that they can have an objective opinion about what you're doing. And it's even possible that whoever is there that might help support you doesn't even work out themselves. But they may be able to understand that you have a goal and that it's important for you to have some sort of encouragement and support. Sure, it would be great if we could all have a coach or a mentor for every single goal that you have to help make it a reality, to help cut down the number of steps you need to take to reach that goal. Like most things that are worthwhile, make a list of possible groups and forums and organizations or do some research online to figure out where you might be able to find that support that you need. That support is also the accountability that gives you the drive to do what you're supposed to do so that you don't let down the other person and ultimately let down yourself because for some reason it's easier for us to let ourselves down than other people. That probably has a lot to do with the belief window, how we see things, but that's a whole other matter we'll get into. Um, but that goes back to your thoughts. What are you thinking about all the time? Are you feeding your brain with those positive thoughts, with those supportive thoughts? It always has to come down to yourself because you're the one living with yourself all the time. You know, you're the only one that's in your brain all the time. Everybody else can help to either distract you or encourage you or give you some words of wisdom, but ultimately you're the one that has to remember those words of wisdom when you feel like rolling over and hitting the alarm clock instead of getting up to do some exercise or when you feel like getting extra food when you know you really don't need it and you're not hungry. So give it some deep thought about who is someone that could support you or again what group or if there's a forum or a website or whatever that will help you with your goals. And it's going to be important for you to make a list of that because we're going to talk further on that 
in the next episode. Now, everybody's default is to go low carb when they want to lose weight fast, and there's a lot of reasons why you should not do that. I'm going to give you a few of them, but please realize there are a lot of reasons why you should not do a low carb diet. Now, a lot of people say, well, they make me lose weight. And like anything, when you are doing it in the beginning and you're being strict, you're going to lose some weight. But there are some really important reasons why they ultimately fail. Now, the first reason is that you need carbs. Your body needs carbs for energy. It needs it to spare protein so you can build muscle, which increases your metabolism. Now, it may not need as many carbs as you think or maybe as you want to intake, but it does need quality carbs. And of course, there's a difference between your quality carbs, fruits and vegetables versus your processed I assume we all know that we're talking about quality carbs, but the amount of carb you intake, the timing of the carbs, and the combining of them with other foods are three of the major things you really have to consider before you even think about severely restricting them, because those are three major factors that affect the metabolism of them and whether you gain or lose weight. Besides that, another huge mistake that's often made is not knowing where you're starting with the amount of carbs that you do eat, and therefore you end up cutting them to some ridiculous number that is too low for your body. So, you know, if you were taking your average number uh, or your average person and the number of carbs they intake and you cut it in half, well, that could be considered low carb, and that could be anywhere from 150 grams to... 200. I mean, it just depends on how much people are taking in. Um, And this is pretty much where all the facts get twisted up. There was a review in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition that suggested 50 to 150 grams of carbs a day is too high for losing body fat in overweight, sedentary people. Now, the key here is overweight, sedentary, which is drastically different than the lean, active people who are working out regularly. Now, when putting things into perspective, that going less than 50 grams a day for those sedentary, overweight people, well, that's a population there that has a poor metabolism to begin with. They have a lot of inflammation. um, They have a high degree of insulin resistance. They're, They're not just functioning correctly as opposed to people who are lean and active and are already taking some steps towards eating the right foods in the right times. And when you're active, you definitely would benefit from more carbs than just 50 grams, or at the very least from toggling or cycling your carbs either each week or every other day or whatever, but you definitely don't need to go super low. If you're lean and active, and even if you're not lean, I shouldn't say that if you're active because if you're working out, um, you may not be at your goal and you may not be lean, but you're still trying to maintain muscle and you're still moving more than somebody who is completely sedentary. And that means just really absolutely doing nothing, not even working per se. But if you are active and you're dropping your carbs too low, there's at least two major effects on your metabolism. Obviously, there's a lot more things, but the first is a reduction in your thyroid hormone, which means you're actually reducing the amount of calories burned at rest, which probably means you're burning muscle too. But either way, you're slowing down your metabolism. Now, the second major thing is that you risk higher cortisol levels. And I think we talked about this recently, 
when your carb intake is too low, cortisol is released. That's that stress hormone. And having higher cortisol all the time is going to eventually lead to major metabolic problems. And obviously, it's going to have adrenal fatigue, inflammation. You're just not going to be able to function like you normally do. Now, besides that, there's another aspect of trying to go low carb. A lot of times people go too much protein and not enough fat to balance out the amount of calories that you need to make your body function properly. So yes, you are going to have some higher protein if you're going low carb because obviously you're making up for those calories, but you need to make sure you have enough fat too. And you also need to know how much protein you really need because would it be dangerous to just eat as much protein as you want? Well, what do you think the answer is? Yes or no? So here's the question again. Is it dangerous to just eat as much protein as you want? Well, the answer is yes, because if you're restricting your carbs, but you eat more protein than your body actually needs, some of those amino acids in the protein are going to be turned into glucose. And this actually provides an energy source that may reduce the body's ability to burn fat or to actually slowing or even stopping fat loss altogether. When we're talking about high protein or too much protein, we're talking about 200 to 250 grams of protein a day because at that level, your body actually has a hard time eliminating the byproducts of protein metabolism. And one of those byproducts is ammonia, which is toxic for your body. So you're not only going to end up stopping your fat loss, but you're actually going to harm your body as well. And do you think any of these things is going to make you feel good? No, you're going to feel terrible. And that's not going to help anything at all in the long run, either mentally or physically. But wait, there's more, of course. There's also been studies that suggested that people who had high levels of protein, particularly animal protein, actually had fewer of the beneficial gut flora in their intestines. And this leads to, guess what? Inflammation and, of course, poor gut health. And all of that can get you stuck in that whole metabolic syndrome that's detrimental, obesity, diabetes, liver, all of these things that work to clean things out of your body are going to be completely messed up. So it's really not worth it to take the carbs too low and the protein way too high. Now, if you're still trying to drop some weight, what are you going to do? Well, certainly the low-carb diet is not a good idea. And even if you were going to attempt to cycle your carbs or play around with them, you would still need to know where you're starting with the amount of carbs you're taking in. Now, that's pretty easy to do now with all the different apps that there are to calculate how many nutrients you're taking in, keep track of your food, all that kind of stuff. Um, I actually like to use MyNet Diary because they actually track the time you eat and the amount of protein in grams. And um, I don't know why, but there's a lot of apps out there that don't actually track one or the other of those two. And I think it's really important that you know obviously the number of grams of protein you're eating, but also the timing of your meals, because that makes a big difference in how your body reacts to those foods and how your energy levels are going to be. And you'll find that the biggest eye-opener in analyzing a lack of weight loss or a plateau is logging your food. So if you are even thinking about reducing your carbs, um, even if it's just a little bit, 
you need to know where you're starting. Just willy-nilly reduction of carbs is going to throw your body into a complete revolt and it's going to stagnate your weight loss or even worse, make you actually gain fat. Weight loss doesn't have to be a mystery. It's like anything else. You need to analyze, you need to look at the facts, and then you need to make subtle changes to see what's going to make the outcome you want. Just a quick reminder, make sure you sign up for the email list over at fitnessmakeover.com or at fitgirlpodcast.com. That way, when Quick Fit Club is ready for the signups, then you'll be the first to know because they'll be only for four-week periods where you'll be able to join in on the next set of four weeks a week before we begin each session. And also, check out the different shirt designs. Let me know which one is your favorite. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. If you'd like additional information on these topics and more articles on health, nutrition, and motivation, visit fitnessmakeover.com, allinoneworkout.com, or coachkira.com.